we are live or I am live. Um, hello, everybody. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. Just Katie riding solo. Um, Caitlin is sick tonight, so I am doing this show on my own, but we tested it out. If you tried to be with us last week, we had huge tech technical difficulties, but we tested it. We should be good to go. And uh, Caitlin did say that she is watching. She'll be joining in the comment section. Uh, there she is. I can see her now. Uh, so by all means, Lonnie, if you have anything to add as I'm going, hello, then by all means, please do so. And I will gladly uh, conversate with you through the comment section. So thank you guys for coming. Real football fan of New Jersey tonight. Um, episode 91. Holy cow. I think it's next week that Caitlin and I are celebrating our two-year anniversary of our very first episode of the Real Football Fans of New Jersey, which is totally crazy. Uh, we started in 2017, and I can't believe we're still going. Almost at episode 100, and if you've been hanging out with us the whole time, even if you're just joining us now, we thank you. We love doing this and so happy you could be with us. Um, before I kick it off tonight, I wanted to show off my new wine glass because I love it. It says full of holiday spirits and I am drinking, this is something new as well. I'm drinking Apothic Inferno. Okay. I love Apothic wine, but I've never had this one before. It's from my friend Jacqueline. Thank you, Jacqueline. Um, it is a red blend, but it is aged in whiskey barrels for 60 days it is 15.9% alcohol. So if you do buy it, my high recommendation is that you have one glass and uh, keep it classy, keep it nice, keep it cool uh, because it is dangerous. It's good, but it's dangerous. So with that, cheers. And let's kick off tonight's show. Um, we had Instagram polls for you today. Um, three questions, two of them being football, one of them being housewives related. <laughs> Caitlin misses wine. She's very sick. I told her she should drink wine and she said she couldn't even think of the thought. So that's how you know she's very much so under the weather. Uh, but let's, let's kick it off with our poll results. Um, question number one that we asked you guys today was, will Ron Rivera be the head coach of an NFL team next season? Um, as you know or don't know, I will be talking about it. Ron Rivera was just fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So is he going to be a hot commodity next year? 66% um, of you said yes, he will be a head coach of an NFL team next year. Um, again, I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So question number two, will Jason Garrett still be the head coach of the Cowboys next season? Um, his name has definitely been up for discussion about whether or not he'll be with Dallas next year. Um, 70% of you guys said no, he will not be the head coach of the Cowboys next year. And I actually had a Cowboys fan um, direct message me on Instagram saying, I really hope he is not the coach. So even Cowboys fans are kind of um, fed up. And I think it, it may be time to part ways finally. Um, and the last question we have is Real Housewives of New Jersey related. It is, are you a fan of Jackie on Real Housewives of New Jersey? 90% um, of you, oh my goodness, 90% of you said no, you are not a fan of Jackie. So she's definitely not winning any popularity contests on uh, the New Jersey franchise. 
And the reason I kind of wanted to ask you guys that question this week is because Caitlin has never really been a fan of Jackie. I've always been indifferent. Um, I definitely never disliked her. I didn't love her. And I finally texted Caitlin the other day and I was like, hey, just caught up on the uh, most recent episode. And I gotta say, I can finally say that I'm not a fan of Jackie. She's overly sensitive. She gets mad about stupid things. Uh, and I, I've definitely started to agree. She just doesn't fit in with this bunch. And I think Dolores said it best in the last episode. Jackie acted like she had such thick skin and she was so tough because she came in last season and immediately like took shots at Teresa to kind of like prove herself. But now we're learning when the shots get fired back at her, even whether it's a big thing or a small thing, she's overly sensitive and, you know, gets all crying and whining about it. And, um, She's not meshing with this group. So who knows? I don't know if we'll see Jackie next season on New Jersey or not. But anyway, let's get into the big stories of the week in football. Um, as I told you, we are talking about Ron Rivera being fired as the Panthers head coach. Kind of a surprise, kind of not. Like I knew he would be on the hot seat at the end of the season, but I certainly didn't expect him to be fired right now. Um, so yesterday, Carolina announced um, that he would be fired. He's been with the team since 2011. That's nine seasons. I mean, that's that's a huge change having someone for nine years. That that's big, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really different. Um, secondary coach Perry Fuel will be the intern head coach. Totally forgot about Perry Fuel. Hello, Chandra. How are you? Um, but yes, so Perry Fuel, he is going to be the interim head coach. Forgot about him. He was the defensive coordinator for the Giants once upon a time and uh, kind of forgot where he landed in the NFL. But um, he's going to be taking over. I was a little surprised that Norv Turner wasn't named the interim head coach because he's had experience as a head coach uh, previously for the Chargers. Uh, but that's what they're rolling with. And um this decision comes off of the fact that Carolina has now lost four games this season at or near the goal line to either win or tie the game in the final seconds. Um, so th they lost all four of those games, and three of those came within this last month. So I think um, the Carolina organization, they're fed up with this, and uh, it happened last week against the Washington Redskins, a team that they should not have lost against. And uh, they decided to make a change right then and there. And, um, you know, they did say they are committed to finding a head coach right away. So we'll see what happens. But um, when I was asking the poll questions, I kind of, when I originally asked about would Ron Rivera be a head coach of another NFL team next year, my thought was no. A lot of the times when this happens, um, and I will, I will, thank you, Chandra, for the question. I will get to that in one second. Um, usually when head coaches are fired in the league, even if they're kind of good ones, like with good resumes, I feel like they more so come back as either a defensive coordinator or an offensive co coordinator the following season. Um, but I'm about to read you Ron Rivera's resume and it kind of changed my mind. I think he will be a head coach of a team next year in nine seasons as the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Ron Rivera won three NFC South titles. It's a very competitive division away. So that's big. He made the playoffs four times in those nine seasons and was named coach of the year twice. 
Um, he's finishing his career as the head coach there with a 76-63 and one record, and he did make a Super Bowl appearance in 2015. They did not win that game, but he he did get them there. Uh, I look at this resume and I'm like, wow, a lot of people I think are going to jump at this. Uh, we can even start with the, with the Washington Redskins who are looking for a head coach as well. Um, I know people are already talking about the fact that he could possibly go to the New York Giants if Pat Shermer is fired because him and Dave Gettleman used to work together in Carolina, so there's a huge connection there. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens and when the season ends and like Black Monday comes and all the head coaches get fired. It's going to be interesting to see the candidates and where Ron Rivera sits on that list. So it's going to be definitely interesting to watch and we'll keep you updated on that. Um, let me let me answer Chandra's question real quick. Um, she asked, what do you think about the new quarterback for the Giants? Well, some would not say he's the new quarterback. <laughs> some would say he is our veteran quarterback. Um, getting a chance to play and start again. Or maybe maybe she is asking me about Daniel Jones. Not sure. Um, and yes, Caitlin, I would love Chase, Chase Blackburn as our new special teams coach too. That would be phenomenal. We love you, Chase. Um, okay, so Giants quarterback situation, Daniel Jones. Um, I think he's doing fine for, for his uh, rookie year. He's fine in the end zone. He's making a lot of good, clutch, tight passes. He can run. Um... He needs to stop turning over the ball. We all know that. Okay, Daniel Jones. Yes, we know he needs to stop turning over the ball big time. That's his huge number one problem. And uh, listen, once upon a time, there was a guy named Tiki Barber. Not a huge fan of him. Uh, but once upon a time, Tiki Barber's greatest, um, greatest struggle was he would fumble the ball all the time. And... Um, Finally, he, he learned how to tuck and run, and from then, he, he barely fumbled for the rest of his career. I'm hoping, uh, Tiki, if you want to make up for lost time, if you want to do right by Giants fans and get us to like you again, uh, maybe you can hang out with Daniel Jones and, and teach him how to not fumble the ball. So, there we go. That's my thoughts. But uh, speaking of thoughts, let's talk about week 13. Um, so much crazy stuff happened. So many, Ron Rivera will go to the Cowboys. That's Frank giving me a little note in the background at home. Ron Rivera will go to the Cowboys. That would be very interesting for sure. And, and he thinks Jason Garrett will go to the Giants. Please, Lord, no. Okay, hold on. Okay, week 13 thoughts. Um, crazy games. A lot of good ones. Shockingly, already in week 13, we have the New Orleans Saints. They clinched the NFC South with a 26-18 win over Atlanta. They are the first team to clinch their division nice and early. Um, so congratulations to the Saints. They're having a great season. Well, let's talk about what everybody thought was the biggest game of the week, and it was. And um, <laughs> yes, Chandra, I have... If anybody wants to give me a sports anchoring job, I'd love to have one. Thank you. Um, okay, but Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, a lot of people were already chalking this up to possibly be a preview of the Super Bowl, and you can understand why. And could anybody ask for a better game than what they presented us with? It came down to the end. It came down to a Justin Tucker 
game-winning field goal. How far was this one? A 49-yard game-winning field goal. Um, my husband, Frank, 49ers fan, him and his brother and their friends were actually at this game. They went to Baltimore, sat in the pouring rain, freeze their butts off, uh, unfortunately, to see their 49ers lose. But what, what are you going to do? Um, you know, I saw Justin Tucker march out onto the field to kick that game winner, and I, I think we all kind of knew what was going to happen. He is the most clutch kicker in, in the game now in a league where kickers are good kickers are hard to come by, as we're all learning, right? Um, so that was a great game. 20-17 to 17 win for Baltimore. Um, the only time these two teams will see each other again is if they possibly match up in the Super Bowl, and I think people would love to see it. Uh, both teams have great offense. Both teams have great defense. And uh, they showed that they're pretty evenly matched when they played this past week. Uh, let's talk about a team who finally got their first win of the season. Congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals, as well as head coach Zach uh, Taylor. It's always you know, exciting to get your first win as a head coach in the National Football League. Uh, but Cincinnati not only got their first win, but got a, got a pretty good 22-6 victory over the New York Jets. Jets, what's going on with you? These are the games that you have to win. Come on. What are we doing here? Uh, but congratulations to the Bengals. Um, they still hold on to that first pick in the upcoming NFL draft with only one win under their belts. But who knows? Giants only have two. We're going to see what happens. Um, okay. Speaking of teams, though, uh, Baltimore, San Francisco, we now have five teams with 10 and 2 records. Here we are. We've got the Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers play in the same division. Same 10 and 2 record. That is going to be highly interesting to watch um, as the rest of the season unfolds in these last few games. And not only that, but um, just this upcoming weekend, you have two of these 10-2 and two teams playing each other with the Saints going up against the 49ers. So I cannot wait to watch. It's going to be awesome. Um, and finally, my last thought on week 13. Uh, I was in a survivor pool this year. Uh, first time ever doing it. And it's basically a league where every single week you have to pick a team to win and you can never pick the same team twice. So heading into this week, we a lot of people in this Survivor League, we only had four teams left, including myself. So I picked against my own New York Giants and picked Green Bay to beat the Giants. And I just want to give a special shout out. Thank you to the Washington Redskins for beating the Carolina Panthers. Who would think that would happen? And thank you to Miami Dolphins for beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, who else would think that would happen? And thank you to my New York Giants. If you're going to disappoint me, at least win me some money. They lost to the Green Bay Packers. All of those things transpired for me to win my survivor pool. I couldn't even believe it, but super pumped, super fun. I definitely suggest you guys doing it next year. Um, if you know anyone that has a survivor league, it's a lot of fun. All right, let's get into our week 14 picks, mine and Caitlin's. I have Caitlin's too. She gave them to me before the show. So let's kick it off. I'm going to give you my game picks uh, first, plus one lock and one upset, as we always do. Let me take a little sip of this crazy strong wine. Okay. 
my game picks for week 14, I am taking Dallas, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Jets, New Orleans, Minnesota, Houston, Baltimore, Cleveland, Green Bay, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Raiders, Kansas City, Seattle, and Philly. My Oh, and by the way, don't ever say that like I'm a biased Giants fan because there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm being real and I'm taking Philly over the New York Giants as much as that pains me. And also because Eli is probably starting on Monday Night Football for an injured Daniel Jones. So I really want Eli to get that win. But my lock is the Green Bay Packers over the Washington Redskins. And my upset pick is the Cardinals over the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, let's get into Caitlin's picks. She, we had a lot different, and but we both agree this was a very hard week for picks. Um, a lot of really close matchups. So... Caitlin is taking Chicago, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, the Jets, the 49ers, Minnesota, Houston, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, Seattle Seahawks, and her New York Giants. Her lock is the Seahawks over a struggling Rams team. And her upset, I almost went with this one too, so I feel good about her upset. She is taking the Cincinnati Bengals over the Cleveland Browns. Can Cincinnati get two in a row? We shall find out. So it's going to be an awesome weekend of games. Really good matchups, like I said. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's our big stories of the week in football. Let's get into Housewives, our big stories of the week in Housewives. I only have one for you tonight. I think one is plenty. Don't, you know, I hate doing the show without Caitlin, and I, I think she feels vice versa. And sometimes it's just like, it's not the same, like not being able to shoot the shit back and forth. But anyways, I'm going to give you the obvious story of the week. Uh, Caitlin and I on Saturday night went to Luann's Cabaret Show. Woo! It was awesome. And obviously we have to tell you all about it. Or I have to tell you all about it. Caitlin, chime in if you want. Um, so yes, let's just give a breakdown of what went, what went down here. So before we went to her show in Montclair... Um, we went to we went out to dinner in Montclair and we were sitting down having a lovely meal, sharing some wine skis. Um, when all of a sudden this lovely couple got seated next to us, these two guys from all the way from London, and Caitlin and I are just eating our dinner and I look over and <laughs> our new friend Taylor was wearing a shirt that was like Ramona, Bethany, Luann, like Sonia, like all their names. And I was just like, oh my God. So I interrupted their dinner and I was like, how excited are you guys to see Luann tonight? And they were like, oh my God, so excited. We told them that we were at BravoCon. They were like, tell us everything, like give us all the details. I really would love for them. I know they're in London, but I would really love for them to be on the show because they sat at dinner next to us and like basically interviewed us like the entire meal. They were like, Who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? What's your favorite franchise? What's your favorite meme? What's your favorite quote? Give me detailed answers and responses about what you think of this person and what you think of that person. It was great. We were loving it. We were having a ball. Um, so they were awesome. James and Taylor, they were super nice, super awesome. Um, and yeah, they, they, I was like, did you come from London for Luann? They happened to be coming to New York City anyways. And then um, Taylor surprised James with tickets he was like 
we're gonna go to Montclair, New Jersey. And he was like, why on earth are we going to Montclair, New Jersey? We only have like three nights in the city. And he's like, because we're going to see Luann's Cabaret. And then he freaked out and all was good. And we could travel to Montclair, New Jersey. And they went to Envy before the show. Um, Melissa and Joe were doing a thing at their store that day. <laughs> and um, so they took, they met Melissa. They asked her if she was going to Luann's show. She's like, no, I have things to do. So I was like, really heard about that, really upset. I really wanted her to be there. Um, but speaking of wanting Melissa to be there, we get to the show. Um, again, Caitlin and I had VIP meet and greet tickets, so our seats were very close to the stage. We get there. We have, like, little um, chairs, and I, you know, had a big winter jacket on, and I, I tell Caitlin, oh, I think I'm just going to put my jacket behind the chair instead of sitting on it. And so we take our jackets off, and we go to turn around, and sitting directly, literally directly behind us is Teresa Judice. And... <laughs> Caitlin noticed her first and kind of like tried not to like really scream in her face. She was just like, oh, oh, hello. And she was just like, hi. <laughs> like she was, she was not having it. So after that was her response, like we got the hi, we were like, oh my gosh, we're not asking for a picture. We're not asking for anything. We're not going to bother her. She was with one of her friends, not, not any of the housewives or anything like that. Um, Sorry, if you hear this on the podcast, these pauses are me sipping my wine. But we could just tell the vibe was not, like, overly enthusiastic to engage with fans. So then Caitlin and I had to sit there and suffer from secondhand embarrassment. All the people that were coming up and bothering her for pictures. Like, hi, oh my god, Teresa, can I have a picture with you? Or, oh my god, Teresa, like, I understand what you're going through and I really commend you. And, like, you're doing a great job. And she's just like... Thanks. Like, it was just like, ooh, people, read the situation. She did not want to be bothered. But um, it was just, it's just a cool story to tell. And although we didn't get a picture with her, uh, I guess it was cool to meet her and just say hello to her and have her sit directly behind us. So that was funny. Um, and she was the only uh, New Jersey housewife there. We were kind of thinking that other people were going to come. Oh, by the way, you're welcome, Luann. Uh, for Teresa even being there because when we went to BravoCon and I got to ask a question to the OG panel Teresa and Luann were on stage together and I called out Teresa and I said Luann has a show in Montclair at the end of the month are you and any of the New Jersey ladies going to attend and I guess I put her on the spot so she said yes and during Luann's show during the cabaret show she said like I Teresa said yes she was coming I didn't think she actually would but here she is and I was just like you're welcome Luann you're welcome I put her on the spot and then she felt obligated to come to your cabaret so there you go you're welcome for the question but uh <laughs> what else happened okay so Luann's performance uh I thought she was gonna be a diva I thought she was gonna come out super late she did not so thank you for that uh, she did all her hits. She did Chic Say La Vie, Money Can't Buy You Class, Feeling Giovanni. These are great titles, great music, great music. She has a great stage presence. She really does. She's a lot of fun. She, she can laugh with the audience. She did a whole Q&A segment, uh, where people, the, they took a ton of audience questions. She was really fun about that. Um, I really enjoyed it. So it, her cabaret show was like Luann and Friends. So her friends was, um, she brought up, brought out the stand-up comic. 
didn't know who he was. He, he was okay. He was all right. Um, and then she brought out Constantine Morales, Marulis, uh, from American Idol. I know he's on Broadway and some shows and stuff like that. He came out and did a couple songs. He did a song with Luann. He was very good. He has a great singing voice. And Kayla and I were cracking up because Kayla and I mixed the world of football and housewives, right? Well, <laughs> and people are like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Um, Constantine also does the same in his life because the last time we actually ran into Constantine and took a picture with him was at the last Landon Collins softball game. So kind of hilarious. Like he's, he's from New Jersey and Giants fan, a fan of Luann. And, uh, it was just really funny seeing him again in both settings, the way he would see us in both settings. So that was, that was funny, but the show was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, wasn't super long. But then after the show was done, we had the VIP meet and greet. So, you know, we sat down, we waited for her, like just, just a little bit. She didn't keep us waiting too long. And uh, one by one, everybody got to come and, and take pictures. And Kayla and I were like towards the back of the line. So she was engaging a lot with fans. Like someone would come up, meet her. She would like have a conversation. I think because Caitlin and I were towards the end of the line and like she was getting to wrap up. Um, we didn't get as much time with her, which is a shame. But hold on. My whole game plan at this point was like, I told Caitlin, I'm like, you give the guy taking the pictures your phone. On my phone, I'm going to pull up the picture uh, that Luann posted to her Instagram story of me as Luann in a bush, you as Dorinda. So she remembers like, hey, this is us. Because maybe she'd recognize me a little bit, but she certainly wasn't going to recognize Caitlin without that Dorinda wig. Um, so... We go up, and the guy who works for her, who's taking everybody's uh, cameras to take the pictures, I say to him, like, oh, this is us, and show him the picture of us from BravoCon. And he's like, I took that picture. That was me. Oh, my God. I can't believe you girls are here. And then, we, of course, we go up. We see Luann. We're like, this is us. This is... And she's like, oh, my God, girls. I'm so happy you're here. Like, thank you for coming. Like, totally remembered us totally loved us she's like you look so different it, it was truly hysterical we have great pictures we post them on our page us just hugging and all embracing she's our new bestie and then uh caitlin and i may have told her that we think her next uh, her next song should be called eggs a la france and then i think we proceeded to sing to her eggs a la france c'est bon c'est bon eggs a la france c'est bon so um, if that's like Luann's next hit, we, Kayla and I probably got to copyright that like right now. Like you're welcome for the good ideas, Luann. I'm here anytime you need me to get Teresa to come to your show, to think of all your new songs. Hire me. Hire me. I'll work for Lou. Um, but yes, it was an awesome night. We had so much fun. And honestly, I would go again. Like I know she was um, in Montclair last year. We missed her. She came back. And honestly, if she comes back again next year, I'd love to go see her. And I'd like to think Caitlin would think the same because we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Okay, um, I'm not going to do a game tonight as we usually do. Um, I know when we do these shows by ourselves, we never do it because it's just, again, it's not as fun. Uh, but I do have a get it off my chest that I'd like to share with you guys. Again, it's, your mouth gets so parched when you do the show by yourself. Oh, my God. Hmm. Okay. So, get it off my chest. Um, I feel very passionately about this one. And I actually talked about... 
This Caitlin didn't know I was doing this tonight, but I talked to her recently a few days ago about it, just giving her my opinions, and, and she was agreeing with me. Um, nobody from the NFC East deserves to go to the playoffs this year. Point blank, period, simple, easy. Um, if you don't know who's in the NFC East, it is the New York Giants division. It is the Giants, the Redskins, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Uh, just in case you did not know this interesting little tidbit, this year's NFC East is on pace to become the worst division ever in NFL history. They currently have a .333 winning percentage, which is worse than the worst division ever in history. Um, the record was set in 2008 by the NFC West. Uh, they had a .344% winning percentage. Um, but the best that the NFC East can finish this year is a tie for that So that worst record. So it's either they tie it or they break it, but they're going to go down in history as one of um, the divisions, were any division's worst year ever in the history of the NFL, which is just super and utterly pathetic. Um, Dallas leads the division right now with a 6-6 six and six record. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had a great chance to tie that up this past weekend with the Cowboys, but lost, you know, a shock, again, a shocking game to the Miami Dolphins. So that's just, that just speaks to the division. It's like they're not winning games that they should be. Um, Dallas has been super sketchy. Uh, I was talking about this with my husband last night. He was saying, you know, no offense, but people thought the Giants were going to be bad. They thought the Redskins were going to be be bad. It's worse for the expectations people had for the Cowboys and the Eagles this year and how they haven't met them. And and I agree to that. It's, it, that's more disappointing. Um, so, yes, Dallas leads the division with a 6-6 six and six, six record. To give you kind of an example of, like, where the playoff picture is right now, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Bears also have 6-6 six and six records but are currently not even in the playoff picture. Dallas would be because they would be the division winner if it ended today. Um, another example, the Titans and the Rams, uh, they currently both have seven and five records, but also not in the playoff picture. They're not, they're not good enough to, to be in the playoffs, even though they have a better record than Dallas right now. Dallas would currently be the fourth seed in the NFC because the division leaders get one, two, three, and four, which I think is a crock of shit. Uh, because right now, Dallas would get the fourth seed with a 6-6 six and six record, and the San Francisco 49ers would have the fifth seed with a 10-2 and two record, and the Minnesota Vikings would have the sixth seed with an 8-4 and four record. So, where does this leave me? What am I getting off my chest? Besides the fact that nobody in the NFC East deserves to make the playoffs. Um, I'm sort of starting to think that the NFL needs to maybe establish a similar playoff ruling, pairing, whatever, as the NBA. If you're not a fan of the NBA, um, you know, they have, you know, the East and the West, and basically they have the top eight teams on each side make the playoffs, but it doesn't go by, like, division winners and this and that. It goes strictly based on a record. So, you know, for example... San Fran and Minnesota wouldn't be behind Dallas in the seedings. They would be ahead of them. And, um, you know, we've seen in the NFL where a 7-9 and nine team has made the playoffs. I told Caitlin years ago the Giants were 10-6, and six, missed the playoffs. It's difficult. I, at the end of the day, though, this is something they've got to think about because 
at least when you're watching the NBA playoffs, you know these were the best teams in the league this year. These are the 16 best teams, and we're going to showcase them, and we're going to put them in order, seating order, of their records. I think it's kind of the best way to do it, and honestly, I think the NFL needs to adapt this because there are teams that are going to miss the playoffs that don't deserve to. There are going to be teams that make the playoffs that don't deserve to be there. And it's not just this year. It, it usually happens every season, and I hate seeing it. And, um, again, if a division is this bad, nobody, nobody deserves to take a spot over a team that does deserve to be there. So that's my quick get it off my chest. Uh, we'll see what happens. Funny enough, if you do like the stats on it, the Washington Redskins could still potentially win the NFC East which is wild, but um, this is really pathetic at this point, and we'll see what happens between Dallas and Philly. I, realistically, it, it's a two-team a two race, and uh, we'll see who sucks a little bit less. All right, that is the show for tonight. Again, Caitlin, I hope you feel better. Um, I hope you're drinking wine again soon, resting up. To join me next week for episode 92, oh my goodness. Um, but as far as the rest of the week goes, Things you do not want to miss. Uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, that is on tonight at 8. Obviously, you're not watching it right now because you're watching me. Real Housewives of Dallas on t uh, tonight also at 9 o'clock right after New Jersey. Real Housewives of Atlanta on Sunday at 8. And Real Housewives of Orange County on Tuesday at 9. Lots of Housewives action. We've got four franchises on at the same time still going through their seasons. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, football, Thursday night football, we have Dallas versus Chicago. Sunday night football, we have the Seahawks versus the Rams. And Monday night football, we have the NFC East with the New York Giants facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, most likely Eli, Eli Manning starting at cornerback, a uh, quarterback. Oh my God, I said cornerback. The wine is already getting to me um, because Daniel Jones uh, has a little bit of an ankle sprain. So to play it safe, I think the best bet is to go with Eli. And that's actually going to be fun to see. I think Giants fans, you know, are going to be excited to see him get back in the action. Um, okay, college football games. A lot of key games. We got bowl games this weekend. So you're getting like the best of the best teams playing against each other. So make sure you check out these games. We've got number five, Utah versus number 13, Oregon. Number six, Oklahoma versus number seven, Baylor. Number 17, Memphis versus number 20, Cincinnati. Number two, LSU versus number four, Georgia. What a game that's going to be. Um, I was listening to ESPN a little bit last night, kind of hearing them in the background talk about that. If LSU loses that game, they still think that they're going to make the uh, college football playoff. So it, that's going to be a phenomenal game. It, even if you're not a fan of college football, you should check that one out. Uh, number three, Clemson versus number 23, Virginia. And then another really good one in number one, Ohio State versus number eight, Wisconsin. A lot of good football, a lot of good housewives. And uh, check it all out. Come hang out with us next week when hopefully it will be two of us. And uh, thank you guys for joining. Cheers. Have a great night. Hump day. We're almost at the weekend. See ya.